made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. Will you join me in prayer, please? Heavenly Father, most holy God and loving God, we are so grateful to be coming before you in prayer this evening. Heavenly Father, it is our honor to pray to you. You who possess the glory and majesty, not equaled by anybody or anything, who chose us, out of your great love to come down and submit yourself to be, to be crucified and to be dead and raised so we would have a chance to spend eternity with you. We are so grateful to you, God, that you've allowed us to do that. Heavenly Father, we have on this earth of yours a plague a virus that is making your children sick, suffering, that is killing your children. We ask, Heavenly Father, that you breathe your holy breath of healing on this earth and remove this virus from us. Heavenly Father, we want to pray for the children, especially the graduates that just graduated. We thank you for them and we hope that the light inside of them that was planted 30 years ago remains lit so they can follow that path back to you all their life. We want to pray for the soldiers, O oh Lord, that are fighting in foreign countries and in harm's way. We pray that you protect them. Heavenly Father, we have a couple of our members that are that are undergoing surgery and chemotherapy, and we pray for their health. Look down upon them, O oh God. Heavenly Father, we are so, so blessed, so incredibly blessed to have you as our Father, that we can come to you with anything at any time with the confidence of knowing that you'll hear us and hear our prayers, and we know that you'll answer us at your goodwill. Lord, we pray for those that are away, that they remain safe on their way back. We pray for the health of the congregation that remains healthy and not affected by this virus. Mostly, Lord, we want you to know that we love you with all our heart. We are so grateful to you and to our Savior, Jesus, who saved us. There's nothing else in the world that we would ever want more than that. No, Heavenly Father, that we come to you with trust and with hope, and with great love. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
and what he's done for us. I'll be reading today from Titus 2, beginning in verse 11. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own passions who are zealous for good works. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your grace. We thank you that you would give us an avenue of salvation, Father, through your son's death on the cross. We just pray, Father, that you bless this bread that represents his broken body and those who are about to partake of it. In Jesus' name, amen. continue our prayer for the cup. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you again for sending us Jesus. We thank you that, that he had the courage to die for us so that through him we may live. Please bless this cup, Father, as we partake of it. It, it represents the blood that washes away our sins, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and sing before Matt brings us the lesson. Good to be up here and actually see some faces. Last time I preached, I preached to an empty church. I'm excited to be here this morning. I hope you are too. I know we're going through a little bit of a spike and that might have us a little bit spooked and 
And that's okay. Let's just be safe. Let's just be safe through this. But it is good to see everybody. And for those who couldn't make it today, I'm glad you're tuning in and watching us and still being a part of it. I don't know about you, but I have a little bit more time on my hands. Life's not as busy. Even when I want to do something, there's not much available to do. So I've had a little bit more time personally, and I hope you have too, to really evaluate your life, to really evaluate where you're at in your spiritual walk, in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And I hope, I hope that you're making changes for the better. I hope that you're growing in this time. But I want you to know that I am, and that's not to say it in a bragging way or anything like that, it's just the reality for me is I am, and that is why I want to bring this lesson to you today. This scripture that I'm going to read for you today, I think is extremely important and extremely relevant to what's going on right now, what we're all experiencing right now. I think this is a very relevant time uh, in life, especially in the scriptures, maybe one of the most relevant times that we have ever been in, any of us, in our lifetimes. The world's never slowed down like this before. It's not just happening in our country, you know that. It's happening all over the world. The world's never had time like this before. So you've probably read this scripture. It's in Ezekiel chapter 37. We're going to read this passage, and this is pretty much where we're going to be today. Ezekiel 37 says this, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones, and he led me around among them. And behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley. And behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. You can do anything. That's what Ezekiel's saying. If you want them to live, you can make them live. Does it defy the impossible? Of course it defies the reality that we live in. Of course we, we consider it impossible. But is it impossible to God? Ezekiel says, if you want it done, it can be done. Only you know. Then he said to me, Prophecy, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will, cause, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. And you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, and the flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. They were still dead. They had all the parts to be alive. They had all the reason to be alive. They're still dead. Because God had not given them breath. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy 
son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Notice he doesn't give a number. You know why he doesn't give a number? It's too much to number. It was impossible to number. The count was too large. I want you to understand that. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live. And I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken, and I will do it, declares the Lord. Now there's a lot of times when we read these scriptures in the Old Testament, and we say, you know, that stuff happened a long time ago. But this is the part I want to focus on today. I want you to see the, the, the reality of this prophecy. When did God open the graves of Israel, people rise from the dead, and walk on earth? Has that happened yet? Has that ever happened? In time? Is this something that has not been fulfilled? You know, I've heard a lot of people say that the Old Testament is good for studying, but the New Testament is what the, what the Christian is about today. And that is true. But it's also degrading the Old Testament. It's also taking power away from the prophecy. Now, Matthew 27 is exactly when Israel rose from the grave. Did you know that when Jesus died and was resurrected, that he was not the only one that was resurrected? Did you know that people in Israel actually rose from the grave and walked into town? People that the people of the time knew had been dead? actually rose from the grave and walked into town. Did you know that? It's right here, Matthew 27. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two. We remember that part, right? From top to bottom, and the earth shook, and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. That's scripture. That's when this prophecy was fulfilled. That's when this part of the prophecy was fulfilled. It didn't happen in the Old Testament. It happened in the New. 
Remember what he says at the very end of that scripture? Then you shall know, then you shall know that I am the Lord. What's it say at the bottom of that passage in Matthew 27? They knew. They knew. When they saw these people come out of the grave, they knew the prophecy. They knew what was going on. Even the Gentiles who were looking at Jesus were saying, truly this must become, this must be the Son of God. Truly, these things that are happening, they can't be happening by coincidence. It was a life-changing experience for many people. And when they saw it, they knew. When they experienced it, they knew. What about the second part? We're good at this one, right? This is one we talk about a lot. When, what's significant between the Old Testament and the New Testament? In the Old Testament, very few got the Spirit of God. Very few were anointed with the Spirit of God. What changes with the New Covenant? What's Acts chapter 2 teach us? When we repent and we're baptized, we not only have our sins washed away, we receive the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. Everybody gets it. Everybody gets it. Now, it's interesting because me and Jim, we didn't talk before this sermon was written. He actually recorded that prayer before this sermon was written. Did you notice what he said? He asked God to breathe on the earth. Didn't he? I didn't tell him to do that. That was from the Spirit of God. That's what, that's what God put on his heart to say. Did he know we were going to talk about breath this morning? He didn't. If that doesn't seem powerful to you, I don't know what else to say. Those things stir me up so much when I see that. You know how often that happens? You know how often a Sunday school class goes right along with a sermon even though the teacher and the, and, and, and the preacher didn't talk about what was going to be discussed? Because God's doing something. And we got to start seeing it and believing it and living it. This is my scripture. I could have picked many, and you know that that talk about when the Spirit of God became available to all. But this is right after the resurrection of Jesus. He's, he's, a, he's uh, showing himself to the disciples, revealing himself for the very first time. This is the famous scripture of Doubting Thomas. What's he say? John chapter 20. Starting in verse 19. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked, where the disciples were for the fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Now look what it says. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. See, the church, the church is part of, of this prophecy. Don't get it twisted. Don't miss the significance of this prophecy in your life right now, today. 
from the New Testament on, when it says the whole of Israel, that includes the church. That's not just specifically talking about a nation. The church becomes the kingdom of God. And we're part of that prophecy. We're part of it. He breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now this is significant because this is the apostles. These are the men God selected to start the kingdom of God that is no longer about a people, even though it never really was supposed to be. We've talked about that. It wasn't just supposed to be about a specific type of people. Israel was supposed to bless the world through what God had given them. And when Jesus came, he said, you kept it for yourself. I'm not trying to pick on Israel because when you really look at the Old Testament and you start examining it, man, we can relate to it in our own personal lives all over the place, can't we? It's not about a people. It's just like it is about us individually. David's not the only one that's ever had an affair. Moses isn't the only one that ever let pride get to him. And we can go down the list. But we're trying to keep the message short, so I'm not going to. Now this last one. You've got to dig to find the answer to this. Right? Because we know... Israel became a divided kingdom, right? When did that happen? Where did these prophets fall in line? Let me tell you something about Ezekiel. When Ezekiel was written, when Ezekiel was written in his timeline, from this point on, from this point on, even when Israel was allowed to return to their land, they were owned. They were not their own people. They did not have their own free system of government. From this point on, anytime Israel returned to their land, go do your own study. Don't just take my word at it. Go look for it for yourself. See how relevant this scripture is. Anytime Israel returned to their land, from this point on, from this prophecy, Israel was not their own country. They weren't. When Jesus comes, is Israel their own country? Of course they're not. Who did the Jews take Jesus to? To the king of Israel? No. No. They took him to Pilate. Why? Because the Romans owned Israel. And it was like that from this prophecy for many years. I will take you and place you in your own land. Why is that significant? This is only one, one place I could cite. I could cite many. 
This is not disputed. This is common knowledge to historians. I gave you the first one you'll find on Google. I don't always recommend using that as your source. But this isn't disputed. Do you realize when Israel became their own country? After World War II was the first time since this prophecy. Do you realize that? This whole prophecy was not fulfilled for over 2,000 years. The first two parts, when Jesus came. The third part, not until after war, World War II. 1948. Some people would even take it a step further. And I'll just give you the information, although I don't necessarily agree with this. Some people would say it actually didn't fully get fulfilled until very recently. When Jerusalem became the capital of Israel. I'm not going to go there. It doesn't have to be within the last few years for it to be relevant to us. But this is the truth of this prophecy. That isn't talked about very much. See, it's much better. It's, it, it's much easier to handle that scripture when you're thinking about Israel and all the stuff that they did wrong and how they kind of fell away from God. And of course it makes sense that they're the dry bones. Right? The biblical narrative, of course it makes sense that they're the, they're the dry bones. See that over 2,000 years when Jesus come? According to our timeline, that would have been somewhere in that 2,000 years. Are we the dry bones? Has the church become the dry bones? Has this church become the dry bones? Told you I've been doing a lot of thinking. I'm not going to share too much again because we'll go 30, 40 minutes and I'll get in trouble because that's the way I like to go. I'll tell you something. How many times have you been in a restaurant? I'm, I'm, I'm asking you questions based on what I have experienced in my own life. And I've already answered these questions and they're not all good answers. I don't expect them to be for you either. How many times have you went in a public restaurant and as, as the leader of your family, as the adult at the table, whatever it is, how many times have you thought to yourself, we should pray, but you know what? We're really close here and I don't want to offend anybody. So, you know, we'll just say it. We'll just say something. We'll just do something quiet. We'll just do something quiet. We don't want to offend anybody. I'm serious. How many times has it happened? You know, for a little while, as a minister of God, and I'm ashamed to say it, for a little while, me and my family hardly ever prayed in public. Hardly ever. Because we bought into it. We didn't want to offend people. You know, if, you, if all you do is pray in public, that would be wrong. Well, I don't only pray in public, so I don't know why I was even thinking stuff like that. That's where I was. Somebody says something in a crowd. Somebody says something in my family. Somebody says something in, in conversation with a friend. And I have that scripture that just will speak to them. But I know they don't believe. So maybe I say in my head, ah, 
You know, you don't throw pearls at swine. Good excuse for not having to share my faith. Good excuse for not having to stand up for Jesus. Have we become the dry bones? I could go through a list. Again, I'm calling myself out more than I'm calling you out, probably. Have we become the dry bones? You know what the scripture says? It's very interesting. Proverbs 17, verse 22 says, A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up bones. Let me tell you something. I think Satan has been working overtime, specifically in this country. I'm just going to be honest with you. Specifically in this country, at one point in time, we were the light. Okay? I'm not trying to, again... I'm not trying to get political, but it's hard not to feel a little bit political when you're trying to be relevant with the scripture today. We were the light. Too many in the world were still the greatest Christian nation. Where has the church gone? Where is the church's voice in all of this craziness? Where's it gone? It's gone silent. It's gone silent. You know how many ministers, not just in the Church of Christ, you know how many big name ministers right now that many people follow are not preaching a message of unity right now? When did God ever say something that wasn't unifying? gone silent. When's the last time you looked at our political realm, for example, and thought, wow, church is really making a difference? When's the last time you looked at our culture and thought, wow, the church is really having a comeback? We've went silent. Again, let me be clear about this. I'm not calling on a crusade. Not at least physically. Not at least physically. When are we going to become the great army of God? That's talked about in this passage. When are we going to take our faith and allow it to be our shield? When are we going to have the boots on that bring the gospel to people in their lives? When are we going to wake up and live again and become the most powerful movement in the world again? When are we going to do it? It's interesting, you know, for my whole life I thought, man, you know how nice it would have been to live in the time of the Bible? You know how nice it would have been to live shortly after the New Testament? It actually wouldn't have been that nice at all. Christianity was persecuted in a way we've never even seen in our lives during that time. The power of the Spirit was so evident it had to be. It had to be. You had, you had people literally dying at parties for entertainment because they believed in Jesus Christ. This is what our movement came from. 
We say we lost power because the Spirit doesn't have the same power. The same Spirit that was there is in all of us right now. When are we going to wake up? I hope you're using this time to do it right now. I hope you're doing it right now. I look around the room and I see, and I know, the majority of us have already accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. But I'm telling you, for those out there watching, and for anybody who I might, who I might not know, in here right now that does not, has not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to be bold and say it. There is no other way to heaven. There is no other way to get in the kingdom of God. There is no other way for forgiveness of sins. There is no other way to receive eternal life than through Jesus Christ. If you do not have the blood of the Lamb, you will not be accepted by the Father. If you do not have the blood of the Lamb, when it's your day to be judged, you will not be defended. If you do not have the blood of the Lamb, when you go before God, He will say, away from me, I never knew you. That's the reality of the Scripture. Why in the world are we worried about people being offended? Shouldn't we be more concerned with people going to hell? The ones we love, the ones we care about, shouldn't we be more concerned that they're on their way to hell? Again, this isn't, I'm not trying to be fire and brimstone. I'm just trying to put it in reality. Here we are. Are we the dry bones? Are we that army that's rising up that has breath in our lungs that was given to us by God? Are we being led by His Spirit? Or are we allowing our spirit to be crushed? Where are you at today? Listen, I hope you think about this lesson. I hope you pray about this lesson. And I hope this lesson stirs you to change because I am telling you, I will never be the same from this. I will never be the same. I pray you aren't either. If there's any reason that you need to come forward today, you can do that as together we stand and sing.
Real quick announcements. Uh, grab yourself a bulletin. We got those out front. You should also got one on email. Uh, it's also available at our Facebook group. Plenty of stuff inside. I'm going to highlight a couple things. Food pantry. Um, we are still collecting food pantry stuff. We are not going to have the food pantry for a while. Uh, with the virus seems to be ramping up, it's safer for us. It's safer for those to come. Um, but we are still collecting food. If you want to bring a buy, drop it off. Money's always welcome too. So we'll accumulate that, and in the future, we hope to get that ramp back up for our community. Um, like Grant said, this is probably his last time uh, serving as a song leader. He's got Bible camp, Bible camp, and Bible camp. And college starts early, so they can get home by Thanksgiving. That's the, that's the plan. Uh, as we all know, plans change rapidly. So we'll see how it goes. A um, bunch, of, bunch of us going to, I'm not going, but a bunch of uh, the church is going off to Bible camp this week. There'll be some more next week, too. Um, please pray for Carol O'Neill. Continue healing after surgery on, the, on her foot. They replaced the titanium plate that was in there that broke. Please pay, pray for Pat Ortiz. She got home after back surgery. And Mitzi Robinson has another round of chemo this week. Pray that she stays strong. Please pray that she stays healthy. Uh, it takes a major toll on her body. Um, that's it. Pray that she stays strong. And that's about it. Look for the new sign-up genius that starts tomorrow. Uh, my best password of the summer will be coming up. All right, thank you. God, we just want to come to you and thank you for this time that we've come to worship you. We're thankful, Father, for the lesson that we've heard, and we pray, Father, it stirs us to, to action and uh, help us, Father, in our walk and our ways, and if we take an opportunity to be able to share the good news of Jesus with somebody that's around us that may not know you. Father, we pray for this country. We pray, Father, for the sickness that is going around this great nation in which we live, we pray, Father, for the uptick in the cases that's, that's being discovered and being contracted. 
We pray, Father, for the medical fields and those that are taking care of the folks that are work so that are being taken care of in the hospitals, and ask, Lord, that you please bless them and keep them safe as well. Father, we have so much to be thankful, Father, for. We're thankful, Father, for the beautiful morning that you've given us. We're thankful, Father, for the time that we've had to come together. We're thankful, Father, for our families. We're thankful, Father, for the time that's also causing us to slow down of this world and, and be able to focus in on the family and renew our relationships with our families, Father. We're thankful, Father, that we take advantage of these times together and to be able to enjoy them with one another and, and treasure this time that we have, even though there's lots of sickness, lots of issues going on in this great world in which we live. Father, we pray, Father, for those that are, in their, that are hurting and are suffering and sick at this time. We pray for Mitzi and for the treatment that she'll go through today with, uh, with, with this week with cancer. We just pray, Father, that her body stay strong, that she can endure the cancer treatment, and that she can overcome this cancer that's in her body. We also pray, Father, for Carol O'Neill, for the recovery that she's also going through at this point in time with the surgery that she just had along with Pat Ortiz and their back surgery and just ask Lord for their continual recovery in this aspect. Father, we pray for Brian Tagto and his family and the difficulties that he's facing at this point in time. And we ask Lord that you please bless him and bless their family and just watch over and keep them safe. Father, there's others that I don't recall at this time that you know, and we just pray, Lord, that your blessings be upon them. If it's healing, Father, we pray for healing for them. If it's for spiritual healing, we ask that you please bless, bless them as well. Father, we ask that you go with us now, forgive us of our sins. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.